right. We are live streaming on Facebook this special edition of the Mikey Show podcast, a bit of an urgent broadcast, really. Uh, we have online Paul Hughes from Grow Calgary. Paul Hughes um, has created Grow Calgary, an amazing organization that for years now has been providing fresh meals, fresh produce for thousands and thousands of people in need. So, uh, uh, Paul, welcome to the show, man. Mark, thank you for having me. How are you? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Uh, so, Paul, a uh, bit disturbing. Uh, I mean, you were quite upset because you saw the writing on the wall when they first said, hey, we got to move you. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they first said, hey, we have to move Grow Calgary, uh, your hands were in the air going, why? There's no actual... Oh, I can really hear that background noise, uh, Paul. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but but uh, your hands are in the air saying, why? Like, what's what's going on here? There's no actual reason. But uh, if I understand right, the excuse from the government was, no, 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 we really have to move you. Um, we, we have to, to put this road through. But uh, your take on that, uh, the, the original reason for the move, do you think it was valid or not? No, it was completely invalid. No, it, was, uh, it wasn't necessary at all to uh, burden our farm. Um, we could have stayed on the surplus land, and it, it wasn't necessary to burden taxpayers I, either. So, All right. And I, think, I think you captured it uh, accurately, Mark. Also, I would like to mention that when we speak about government, there's two different types, there's two different sectors within the government structure. There's the elected officials, and it doesn't matter who you, what happens when they say a new government comes in and they meet these people and they go to their offices and you become a minister of infrastructure like Panda and he goes in there and all of a sudden he meets individuals that are the deputy minister, Shannon Flint, the assistant deputy minister, Andy Ridge, and all of a sudden they're on top of them right away saying whatever they're going to say, starting to steer them towards uh, different choices, different decisions. Uh, things that would give, you know, they, they encourage them to support different ideas. And, you know, you, so you may want to change things and you may want to change the way bureaucracy runs and the government runs, but the bureaucrats sit there and go, oh, we tried that back in 1994 and that didn't go so well. I don't know if you want to do that again. And then they just put the fear of God in these people and they poison the water is what they do. And so that's what we're running into. We're running into very entrenched bureaucrats who um, with a new government coming in we should have gotten off on a really good foot we did we had a communication with the government it looked like we were going to make you know we had a tremendous amount of support mark for staying on the surplus from people who were from the UCP uh, and now all of a sudden we don't have that support from the UCP government going in now, is it the government or the bureaucrats that are, or is it the government not even pushing the bureaucrats to to continue to support Grow Calgary properly? Yeah, exactly. So what happens is the, the, the bureaucrats poison the water okay, and then convince the elected officials, people like Panda, who's now the Minister of Infrastructure, to um, get on their bandwagon. So I, I do hold the UCP government and the previous NDP government um, accountable because they're the ones who should stand up based on principles uh, on issues like this. But I also see how the senior bureaucracy works and how they um, in, in, are able to influence uh, government uh, elected officials who are very green and new to the new to the to the file. So Panda comes in and he's like, okay, he, he knows nothing about what's going on with infrastructure but they're right in the middle of a billion dollar project trying to finish the Western road. Right. So all of a sudden there's this little mosquito in the, in the tent called grow Calgary. <laughs> and they're like, you know, the senior bureaucrats are like, ah, oh, don't, don't forget about them. We'll take care of them. And we got them and they're just a pain in the butt and all they're costing us all kinds of money. Well, you know, Mark, none of this was our plan. This entire issue has been the senior bureaucrats came up with the plan they, they chose the location, they selected the amount of money, they decided on the strategy, they decided everything. It's like being in the army, right? You don't have a say in anything. You don't, you don't get to decide what you're gonna wear that day, 
You don't get to decide what you're going to eat that day. You don't get to decide where you're going to go that day. You don't get to decide anything. <laughs> so this is the closest thing to resembling being in the Patricia's. <laughs> well, so the article that came out, uh, it seems like there was some funny math going on uh, when they said, oh, we've already supported uh, Grow Calgary to the tune of 340 grand or whatever it was. Uh, are, are those numbers dodgy? Those numbers are insane. So we're, we're doing everything we can to distance ourselves from this, from this uh, government decision. Um, these numbers are very um, suspect. Um, and we, when they first uh, came to us, Mark, they asked, they said, uh, okay, well, we're going to give $100,000 for the move and uh, $200,000 for the improvements at the new uh, location. So we said, okay, well, are you giving us that $100,000 so we could do the move? No, no, we're going to take care of all that. And we're like, well, if you give it to us, then you know, we'll actually get it done and save taxpayers a lot of money. Yeah, and the last we'll place you want money is in the hands of government, for Christ's sake. There you go. And so we would still have some money left over. They said, no, we're taking care of all that. So through the media, they somehow got out there because we talked to all these people. Uh, and they say, oh, the government gave you a whole bunch of money. We say, no, the government hasn't given us any money. They haven't given us a single cent. So um, they're the ones that came up with the plan. They're the ones that came up with the numbers. They're the ones that selected the location. They're the ones that implemented the plan. We've just been sitting there watching them. So somehow they have come up. They've, they've spent $340,000 just moving the farm. Now, there's a a management company called Eden Management. And what infrastructure does is they go to Eden Management because Eden Management has the preferred contract for the infrastructure and for the transportation utility corridor for these types of things. And they, they have that contract, so they have to go through Eden Management. So if Eden Management was to go and get something, like say, we, we said, why don't we spend the money and buy old sea containers? You can get an old sea container for about 1500 bucks. Okay. That's what we were going to do. No, Eden Management rented sea containers oh, and no. tacked on their charge. So each sea container is now charging back to the government with our stuff in it at about 5000 bucks a month. You can buy a brand new so one for that. We could have, yeah, we could, yeah, exactly. So, but that's what they're doing. So that's starting to add up. And we've got eight sea containers. So, so Eden Management's taking their management fee. Plus, you know, going to their people and paying top dollar where we would go someplace and we would either buy them or rent them at, you know, very, very minimal charges. We've got lots of friends out there. So many, over 400 corporations support Grow Calgary and they would do us a favor. So also the stuff shouldn't be in sea containers now. It should be at our new location and unloaded. But the provincial government said, no. We're going to keep everything at a separate location until you get everything in place at the new location. So the city of Calgary had no problem with us moving the sea containers on site and storing them there at our location. And so we could start to empty them out and get ready while we do it all the paperwork. But the provincial government insisted that that not happen. So they're, they're the masters of their own demise. On this one, they, they're, we are, have just been um, audience members watching from the stands going, what are you, what are you people doing? Now, what are you people doing with taxpayer dollars and then trying to tag us with that? And, it, and, and If so, this money yeah. was set into a trust account that you had access to, um, and instead of them spending it and making the budgetary decisions, I know you guys can stretch a dollar like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. uh, um uh, how much do you think everything would have cost to the point that it's at at this moment uh, if you guys were in charge of the of the dollars and cents? I'd say about twenty to thirty thousand bucks. <laughs> that sounds about right. And yeah, uh, it, it, so we never spent on that entire farm mark over an, uh, almost seven years. We never spent as much money as they spent just moving us. That's the government. So 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 on one hand, you, you know, I look at it and go, okay, this is massive incompetence. And then on the other hand, we, I, I say, oh, wow. I mean, we really built up quite a farm there. You know, like we did pretty good for six, seven years of um, 
you know, community farming that it would cost the government $340,000 to move it. And then I go, whoa, 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 shake your head, Paul. This is the government. These numbers are so inflated, so dodgy, so absolutely insane, so over the top. And uh, it's just, it's just a level of incompetence that I've never seen before. Now, there's also one other little thing, Mark, to consider for your listeners to consider. And that is that it's the way organizations like infrastructure do this. Because infrastructure is used to huge mega projects. It's sort of like when we were training with the Americans, right? They just had all the, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, all the Gucci kit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'd be sitting there going, oh, look at everything, you know. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's the same kind of thing. They, so the infrastructure is used to dealing with, you know, spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Everything's shiny. Everything's brand new. Everything's massive scale. Uh, you know, huge equipment. I've got a little tiny skid steer, you know, <laughs> where they would have a D12 kind of thing, right? You know, it's just like, and 10 D12s, you know, so we, it's just a completely different approach. The only way we can make our model work, which is to give food away, like a horrible business model for agriculture, great for compassion in agriculture and, you know, building community, but horrible from a business perspective. The only way we can make that work is if we can do it our way. And our way is to scrounge. So we take, you know, we build greenhouses from used wood. We built a farm from things that we were able to glean and repurpose uh, and upcycle from society, things that people threw away. One person's garbage is another person's treasure kind of thing. And we built a farm that apparently has taken the government $340,000 to move. So we didn't do such a bad job with just using things that are no longer valued by society. Paul, do you think that, uh, that, Mark, do you think that this money has been wasted on purpose just to say, like to try to kibosh or try to uh, sabotage Grow Calgary? Or do you think that's just the way the government is um, and they're just that bad with stretching a dollar Um, or a mix of both? Like, what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I think the latter, a mix of both. I think that they... Um, okay, well, Mark, if, if you give me $100,000 and say, okay, you got to move, you know, X, Y, Z or ABC and you got $100,000, then I, don't, I have $100,000. I don't go over budget 340%. <laughs> you know, like they had $100,000 for, for, for the move, right? So they blew that budget right out of the water. They, didn't give, they, they obviously don't care. So, so, so I have to say a bit of both. So because of their negligence, they have gone over budget just on the move side. And then they have the audacity to say that we have fulfilled our promise to grow Calgary. Well, if you look at any of the media and any of, the, any of our correspondence with them, their promise was to have us moved and to do some of the leasehold improvements on the other end and to make sure that we had access to electricity and water and that there would be a, some kind of a dirt road that was built to the property, which you know is already there. We're okay with that. Um, but they went ahead and said, you know, mission accomplished, promise fulfilled. In the original uh, written, uh, I imagine it was in writing, the agreement? Yeah, oh yeah, it's all in writing. So, so the, in the original writ, written agreement, did it say that we're going to help you up to a maximum of X amount of dollars? That they were going to spend $100,000 on the move yeah. and 200000 would be allocated towards leasehold improvements at the new location. Which should have been more than enough had it been managed properly. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. now you're paying Way the, more than enough. And now Grow Calgary and all those that benefit from Grow Calgary to eat are paying the price because the government has blown all the money. Now they're blaming you for blow, for them blowing the money. Yes. You nailed it. You nailed it entirely. So it's kind of like somebody makes a big mess, gets in a car accident or something, and then blames the guy that's standing on the side of the road watching him get in an accident. It's just, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. So, you know, this is, this is, therein lies our problem and our consternation with the government and what they're doing. So they didn't accomplish the mission. The promise isn't fulfilled. And, and, and I don't know what world they think that this is, has been, um, that this has been resolved. It's, it's a world. It's not, it's not about being resolved, Paul. This is a world where, um, they just want to have the checkbox. Checkbox, we did what we said we were going to do for Grow Calgary 
from our perspective. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's all it is. Uh, but there's zero accountability going on here for the fact that they made some really bad choices, mismanaged the money. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this all could have been done well under budget, but instead they blew the budget and now you're left uh, holding the bag. So let's talk about the impact of this, Paul. Um, how many people uh, a year on average, like you guys, it changed from year to year and, and it was growing and scaling, but how many people um, have, have you guys been feeding every year? Mm-hmm. So every year we are, we think we're now coming, we're coming close to half a million meals that we provided Dear Lord. over six seasons. Um, we were coming up to seven our seventh year. Um, the farm was finally starting to, the conversion from a gravel pit to a lush farm had happened and we were starting to uh, reap the dividends and the benefits of um, our, our labor over a course of six seasons. So we were looking forward to having a, a really good year this year. Um, we were looking at 100 to 200,000 meals this year based on weather and different things. As it turns out, we were having amazing weather uh, for farming, um, enough uh, moisture out there, enough sunlight. It's great. As you know, everything in Alberta, Southern Alberta, or at least our area is beautiful, as lush as I've ever seen it. And uh, and then, so we don't, you know, people go, oh, you know, Grow Calgary is negatively impacted. Uh, yes, we are, but who's uh, down downstream from us is uh, the organiz- are the organizations that benefit from our work. And so those social agencies that were, you know, having budget difficulties with food purchases, we were able to somehow, you know, uh, alleviate some of that pressure. And they're the ones that are really negatively impacted. And then their clients are even further downstream, which are people who are poor and vulnerable. And that's who we're really kind of beating up here, are the people who are poor and vulnerable and received our food ultimately. So, um, so up to half a million uh, meals, what does that uh, translate to in human beings? But how many people are, are relying on Grow Calgary, would you guess? Well, um, I, w- I wouldn't use the word rely, but I would say the word benefit. Okay. Um, okay. You know, we're looking at, uh, we're looking at about a hundred thousand people. Dear so Lord. yeah, no, it's a lot. It's, it, I mean, the impact <clears throat> is, is substantial. There's a lot of groups out there doing this type of work. Um, just so your listeners know, 25 million food items are consumed in the city of Calgary every day, 25 million food items. Um, we don't grow uh, in Calgary uh, even 0.01% of that. So we have this amazing, on the other side, amazing economic development opportunity that we're not taking advantage of. Absolutely, we're not looking at that at all. We're not doing anything. We've got 15,000 acres on the transportation utility corridor that all we do is mow. And we can't get, and infrastructure has been doing this for 45 years. These are the people I deal with. They're very functionary. They're very entrenched in how they do things. And you cannot make any suggestions to them. We've been asking them to do a review of the TUC policy now for since we, we became involved with them 10 years ago. And they will not entertain anything. Their lines are solid. They're, they're, they're entrenched. Um, they're written in stone. And this is the way we do it. And it will never change. And so something's got to something's got to give here. So the opportunity is amazing. It's just an asset. Uh, the people of Alberta that's sitting there doing absolutely nothing. We had an idea to use a little bit of that land and, make, and maybe benefit some people, which we demonstrated that we did. And we were able to do it with almost zero impact on taxpayer taxpayers, like literally zero impact on taxpayers. The government comes around, and also now we're in this absolute manure show. Uh, and uh, you've witnessed it, and so have many uh, Albertans, and a lot of people are quite disgusted. And this is why, um, this is what people on the left don't get about people on the right. I don't know if you're left or right, it doesn't matter. But um, when when government gets too involved with things, or involved at all, it goes to shit. And uh, this is just another example of that. And it, it does that because the people that are making the decisions are not people that have a real world understanding of what's required or what can be done. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not um, 
bureaucrats and entrepreneurs are at polar ends of the scale as far as um, how they think and, and how their mind works. Um, and the bureaucrats are the enemies of progress and innovation. And that's, that's what's happening here with you, Paul. What's the media response been? Uh, I've been seeing some articles. Uh, you said that you were just on with Daniel Smith, which is good. She has a pretty good audience. Um, uh, how's the media response been to what's going on with you? Um, the media has been pretty good. I mean, they are tracking the story and they're, you know, there's some media outlets that I don't know why they're not jumping on this a little bit because this is definitely a story. But uh, for the most part, the media has been pretty good. I mean, media is under a tremendous amount of pressure to actually truly understand every story that they encounter. Uh, we've got a lot of young people in media that don't have real world experience. So when you, when you talk to them about certain things, they don't get it. They also think that a lot of media think that whatever the government says must be true. Um, the government manipulates uh, with the best of them as well. Um, and this is a case study in that. So what you just said about, you know, bureaucracy, uh, and mismanagement and, um, and, and, you know, turning things to shit. Um, I agree with you 100%. Um, this is a total case study in that. This is something that should never have happened. The fact that they're, they're mismanaging in, in a, um, a community farm, of all things, this, it's so simple. The lowest of all hang, low-hanging fruit, and um, they've messed it up. They've made it just an absolute disastrous mess of it, and we're caught in the middle. And for the first time in seven years, we're not growing any food whatsoever. So everything was, everything was uh, moving along quite nicely. And then the government got involved. And, uh, and so an absolute tragedy. I mean, Grow Calgary has a huge impact on thousands of thousands of lives uh, and is a model that every single city should do. But uh, you're the largest in Canada, aren't you? Yeah, largest community farm in Canada in an urban environment that is designed for compassion and agriculture. Yeah, and you're right. This should be something that is going on everywhere. Um, and it's an easy, easy thing to do. I mean, it was so, it was, it was challenging, but for the most part, as long as government provides some of their assets, which is not money, but is an asset that's sitting there doing nothing, um, which is land, and our governments and our cities and our municipalities are the largest landholders in Canada, um, and using some of that land, and if there's people that want to go out there and grow some food, or do something. I mean, our 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 choice was food and, and Article 25 related issues around homelessness and and, and um, access to food, nutritional food. Um, we should allow these people to do that. I mean, we didn't tax. We didn't have. We were not a burden to the taxpayer. What the bureaucrats don't understand, Paul, is that instead of putting in more government uh, programs to help people with access to food or or whatever the government program is. It's much, 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 much more effective just to get the hell out of the way of private enterprise. Get out of the way of the private citizens that have their own solutions. Get out of their way and support Grow Calgary and other initiatives like it. Uh, as an example, I just see on the show here, one of the people that joined is Marie Blackburn from uh, um, the Veterans Association, the Veterans Association Food, Food Bank. Bank. Right. Yep. Uh, so you're, you're familiar with doing it. the same thing. Do, does Grow Calgary have an to have a relationship with the Veteran Association Food Bank? It's tough with fresh produce. Um, we don't have a formal relationship. I mean, I I was involved in the you know startup part of the association, and we've always said that we'd be supportive. And I told Marie that we would bring her food, but I had to break my promise because we don't have any land, so we can't grow any food. But the second that we have land and we're able to start growing food again um the veterans association food bank which by the way is representative of veterans um and is made up of veterans um uh, will receive food from us fresh food the second i can pull the first carrot out of the ground it's going to uh it's heading straight to marie so i see that pamela morgan also joined the show here uh she is the founder of baby it's cold outside so mm -hmm. uh, um helping Re uh, doing reach out for, for homeless people. I'm sorry, Pamela, if I got that slightly wrong. Um, so for Grow Calgary, should you get up and running again, perhaps there could be a volunteer uh, group that cans uh, vegetables so that it could be provided for a uh, food bank, maybe it's cold outside, uh, places like that. Is that mm -hmm. uh, an option? Should you get back up and running? 
Well, that was the original premise of Grow Calgary was to help the Calgary Food Bank. So okay. um, was to grow food and supplement uh, canned food. Um, so uh, we actually have a program called Kick the Can. We're trying to become the fresh food bank nice. uh, and try to bring more awareness towards <clears throat> the nutritional content of a food hamper. And I know that Marie's working really, really hard at that um, with her partners. Well, by canned, and, I uh, mean like mason jars, like old style yeah, oh, canning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canning yeah. food, preserving food. Mean. Yeah, that kind of thing is amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. I mean, there's so much that you can do with food. There's so much value added that you can do with food. There's so many people like uh, Marie and Pamela and other people out there that are, have amazing initiatives and uh, we should be supporting them. What's really interesting is the UCP government in their strong and free, they call it strong and free policy guide, page 72, outlines how they're supposed to be treating organizations like Marie's and Pamela's. And they're supposed to be reducing the bureaucratic burden on these organizations and they're, they're falling short. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other issues that are involved where Marie's life could be a lot easier and Pamela's mine, other people who are doing these types of things. If we were able to reduce bureaucratic burdens and we were able to get some of the supports that we truly need, our funding cycles, uh, uh, solidifying funding cycles so we can actually start to plan long-term. And right now there was a, recently there was a policy paper that came out from the USC policy program there's 126,000 organizations in Canada that are fighting poverty, that spend $34 billion a year fighting poverty. Now, based on those numbers, you can send everybody who lives in poverty to Mexico for an all-expenses-paid vacation for 365 days a year, all in. Um, so, but every year we spend that money, and we're not doing it wisely. Uh, we're not able to work together a lot of us struggle with our funding. A lot of us struggle with long-term planning, succession planning, all types of things like that because of the piecemeal approach by government, by always keeping us on our toes that we never know where our next dollar is coming from and trying to build up a little bit of reserves and to try to expand our programs to make them more effective is always a challenge. When you get up and running again, uh, and I'm saying that optimistically because uh, you've got some big damn hills to climb. Um, is there an option to maybe have a portion of the farm to do full price retail sales like the Hutterites do, um, farmer's market sort of thing, so that uh, as a revenue stream to support the rest of uh, Grow Calgary? Yeah, Mark, thanks for mentioning that. That's uh, part of our business model um, moving forward is that we have to start to move towards a more sustainable uh, approach to our, to our uh, not-for-profit. Now, what we did in order to be really effective was to minimize our needs. So we were okay with taking used materials and building the farm. So we didn't have these exceptional exorbitant requirements. Um, just so you know, infrastructure has a 26 page employee directory, 26 pages, just infrastructure. I, I can fit my entire staff on a post-it note. So, you know, it's, it's just night and day. So what you do with it, but if you, if you minimize your expenses and use your resources as wisely as possible and you're innovative and creative, you can keep your costs down. And a volunteer farm like Grow Calgary is feasible. There's not a lot of people that are being paid to do it or anything like that, but there's no money to be made really, because, but that's not our, that's not our, our mandate or woman date or whatever the proper term is in 2019, but um, that's not our mission. Our mission was to grow food as volunteers and give it away. But if you have overhead, um, then you need to minimize your expenses as much as possible. So a lot less bling and a lot less shiny. And or increase, and, create a little bit of revenue. You know, like a little, revenue. So uh, now ha have, have a uh, farmer's market on the corner. You know what? You could do it the whole time. You know, a fresh and farmer's farm. market or, or, um, uh, or a you pick sort, sort of thing for a portion of it. Um, yeah. just, uh, and with the big sign that says all proceeds go to supporting this farm. Yeah, absolutely. So there's things like community supported agriculture. We could get people signed up for those types of things. There's a lot of different options. Um, but the government says we can't do that. So we can't even, we can't even sort of take care of ourselves. We have to be completely reliant on donations. 
we're, we're negotiating with them. We think the UCP, that's one thing the UCP might wrap their heads around. Um, the other thing too is that there's a large body of water on, so, so the three issues uh, is a road, electricity, and water. Those are the three main issues that we have to tackle right now and, we're up, and apparently we're on our own. So that's fine. There's a large body of water there. We can use that water, agricultural grade water through a filtration system through with uh, SATE. We're hoping to, we've been talking to SATE now for four years about this system. So they're ready to go once we're ready to go. Um, and so there's a body of water right there. And when this gentleman named Bernie Emil, he actually designed the transportation utility corridor storm water capture system. So it's all those little bodies of water around the TUC. And he said that his num the number one use for that water was for agriculture. Well, guess who's not going to let us use that water? It's right beside our farm, the government. So we're not sure what to do. We're trying to push them on allowing us access to that water. Um, then the other uh, thing is the road. Well, a dirt road. Every farmer has just a dirt road. So hopefully the government's not going to ask us to pave anything um, and be reasonable about that because we don't need any fancy access to the farm, just like every other farmer in Alberta. So every farmer will recognize and, and identify with that. That's not necessary. And then the last thing is electricity, which what we did at the last farm is we worked with a utility provider and we managed the electricity there and that was pretty easy to do. So we can be on that space for probably ten to $15,000 maximum. But the government, again, has quoted $560,000 to prepare that space, which is exorbitant. So, um, and that's just crazy. So there's another farm only 300 meters away from us, another community farm that's starting out for the first time this year. And their budget for this season is about $20,000. So I don't know where the bureaucrats get this over half a million dollars to prepare a space for a community farm, that's all that we're going to do is grow food and give it away. And they're not, uh, really, they've refused to show you those numbers and those calculations, haven't they? They, they, they refuse, they absolutely refuse. I encourage you, your listeners, anybody to call them and say, what are these numbers representative of? Like, what, what, does, what, what did you spend 340000 bucks for already? And why were you going to spend $560,000? And we need to see these numbers. We need to see what their thinking is. We need to see the math, right? So we can see what this process is in the bureaucrats' heads that is being supported by the new government. We need to see that. And we, until we see that, we can only speculate that it's gross incompetence that comes up with these massively inflated numbers. What else could it be? Other, th other than uh, they just don't want you there, so they're cooking up all kinds of excuses to get you out of there. Yeah. And that's what it well, looks like. I, I'm not saying that's what it is. I, I'm not psychic, but... Uh, no, no, exactly. We're only speculating. So, but, and then we also would apply a couple of other things that we do know, and that is that when they do projects at infrastructure level, they, it's all shiny. So everything is, is and so they may have gone to Eden Management and asked them to put together something. They, you know, they've obviously asked somebody to put together uh, a, a quote on this, and so they've come back at top dollar, where we get it done for pennies on the dollar. So if the government's going to pay a thousand bucks for something, we're going to pay anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars for something. So it's just a whole different type of math. So if we look at that fifty, that five hundred sixty, five hundred sixty thousand dollars. And if they came, if they would have said $56,000, I could have wrapped my head around that. But it's 10 times what anybody else is going to, would ever spend. There isn't a farmer in Alberta that is going to invest half a million dollars in leasehold improvements for 20 acres. I, 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 would, I would challenge anybody to find a farmer that would even spend $5,000 on 20 acres. You're just not going to do it. Uh, Pamela Morgan... Pamela Morgan's asking here, um, is this strictly a provincial issue or is it a federal dead, dead block, deadlock? Provincial. This is so all provincial. provincial. Yeah. It's 100% provincial. We're dealing with Minister of Infrastructure, Minister Panda, and his office. Uh, you know, you can ask to speak to Shannon Flint, who's the Deputy Minister. You can ask to speak to Andy Ridge, who's the Assistant Deputy Minister. You can ask to speak to... Uh, Minister Panda in the ministerial office, and David Jackson is his chief of staff. I mean, these these are the people right now that have their hands on the controls, and unfortunately, um, they are making some very very strange decisions right now. I don't know why they're so entrenched. Uh, we can't get them to respond to us. 
So that's also something that's very disconcerting. Um, we're a community farm, and they are approaching us like we're some kind of massive, some kind of com- competitor or something in a massively competitive market. Like we're, there's no competition. There's nobody else doing what we do. Well, to go all conspiracy theory on you, uh, <laughs> my my thought, and I didn't bring it up the first time you're on the show, Paul, but um, at least I don't think I did. But it's you always see uh, government trying to shut down anybody being independent, standing on their own two feet. Uh, the government mm-hmm. is always the enemy of that. The homesteader days are long gone. And um, it's, it's, it's as if they just want you under thumb. And uh, mm-hmm. should you be doing things on your own for your own and making them look bad because you're sp- <laughs> spending one tenth of the money that they would have spent or less um, they, they just don't like it. They, they like to have the control. It's like that old uh, saying, power corrupts. And uh, when they have the power, they see people doing like what you're doing. And it, it's like, it takes away their powers. Like, well, but I'm not controlling you. I'm not in charge of you. And uh, there is no bigger ego, ego than that of a bureaucrat. Well, yeah, abs- uh, there you go. Um, as a function, uh, uh, functionaries um, love their functions. So what they're doing, in essence, is they're taking, mm. and we know this, we know this, that they are taking your dollars. Okay, I'm going shopping with your money, Mark. So I don't, re- I'm not going to be the one that gets the the Visa card statement. I'm not the one that's going to be getting, you know, the, the, I have to pay and, and service the debt. So I'm just going to go ahead and spend what I'm going to spend, what I want to spend, and get what I want because I'm not there. I won't be burdened with uh, with, with the debt. And that's what government does. And so they're never around to actually pay the debt or actually see the damage that they do. And so, uh, but they jump up and down all the time, uh, exalting all the different things that they, they, they believe are how they're making society better. But they take this massive apparatus. And I'm, like I said, infrastructure alone has 26 pages directory. I mean, I'm dealing with so many lawyers just within infrastructure. Um, and they're spending money on things that are just not necessary to spend money on. So there's some harsh realities out there. And if this is what they're doing at a scale of grow Calgary, which we're, we're a mosquito in the tent, like we're, we're really, we're really peanuts, right? Um, if this is what's going on at our level for something this simple for an organization that is doing so much good, you can only imagine what's happening at the other levels and with other projects. So anybody who comes to me and says, you know, I'm having, I'm experiencing some problems with government. I'm like, I have massive empathy for them and uh, no good deed goes unpunished. It's kind of, and it's a very, very odd world. And until we get a grip on the bureaucrats, who knows? What's the one thing you need to survive right now? Is it uh, a good lawyer? Like what do you need? Well, a really good lawyer would be, uh, would be a lot of fun. Uh, we need minister Panda. Okay, uh, to, to take a look at this and for the government who we elected to make common sense decisions, we're looking uh, for them to show some leadership right now and to actually take this file seriously. And to um, and if, they, if they do believe in smaller government and government getting out of the way, then we need them to make a command decision and get out of our way and allow us access to the land so we can get back to growing food. I mean, this is just absolutely ludicrous that we're in this situation right now and that we've allowed bureaucrats to continue doing it. We, we get bureaucrats coming. We get that guy who manages the TUC, I guess, some guy named Les Boychik in Calgary. He comes out to the farm when we had the farm and he would look at, you know, our organics and our compost and stuff. And he goes, why do you have that? And then it's like, well, we're an organic farm and we need compost. And he's like, he, he couldn't understand it. He couldn't wrap his head around it. This guy is some kind of an engineer. I've been working with the same guy. He's the guy who fought us for four years to get on the land. Coming with that premise that, you know, we'll grow food and uh, on unused space. No, he fought us for four years. Finally, we, you know, somebody came out of the woodwork and uh, we called. He's a saint to us. And he said, hey, listen, this sounds crazy. I'll talk to the government. And all of a sudden, he managed to talk to somebody a little bit up the ladder. And all of a sudden, we had access. But this guy, in his position, running the TUC, he kept saying to me, you know, what's your problem, Paul? It's called the Transportation Utility Corridor. It's not for farms. 
and I'm looking at it in his farmland. You know, that's like a, a hockey player saying to a figure skater, hey, that ice is for hockey, not for figure skating. Hey, that ice is for hockey, not for public skating. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really, really kind of an odd uh, situation to be in. How much of this is ego? Like, uh, like for, as, far, as far as roadblocks for you, not, not your ego, but theirs. Yeah, very perceptive, Mark. Uh, you know, the, you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum. Um, and so, you know, you can, you can be a management student at USC all you want and do case studies. If you don't account for ego and uh, personality conflicts uh, in business, then uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. So you're right. I, I believe a lot of it has to do with this. Um, I'm, you know, uh, admittedly, I'm not the easiest person to get along with. I do ask questions to the government. Oh, you are a veteran. I ask them. Yeah, there you go. And I'm allowed to do that. And, um, <laughs> and so is every Canadian. We're all entitled to freedom of expression. Um, I never, you know, it's, you have to be respectful, and I am respectful. Um, and uh, I bite my tongue more times. I mean, I've, had, I've got a thousand stitches on my tongue dealing with bureaucrats. But um, I, uh, you know, but I can ask questions. But they don't like that. They want you to just, you know, that's the way it is. and Just be and, a yes then, man. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just, I'm just not, it's not my DNA. So, you know, their response is um, very petty. Um, for example, we had a whole bunch of soil at the old farm that we had processed. We'd been donated from corporations and organizations in Calgary. We had um, a screener was donated to us. Um, we screened all the soil and we probably had about 100 cubes of soil, but sorry, about a hundred truckloads of soil, so about 500 cubes, and um, it, it, we were going to give it away to to um, the citizens. You know, we've got a new farm, we got to leave. We've got all this beautiful garden mixed soil, and uh, the government uh, put a big fence around it and said you can't have the soil. And you know, just like a child, <laughs> like who would do that? You're going to take my right? ball and go home. Exactly, and so it's really funny. You know, uh, they chopped down, they they destroyed our entire. Our, our entire uh, uh, orchard. They chopped down all of our orchard trees. They chopped down our, our windbreak trees. Um, you know, we asked to move. No, you have to have them out. And they say, Paul, we gave you a chance. And I'm like, well, you know, it was the middle of winter and we're supposed to go out there and move trees when it's minus 20. And, you know, we were like, you can't yeah. do that. The, the, the equipment doesn't work, work that way. The ground's frozen and, and our equipment's a shovel, you know? And so, uh, it's really kind of odd um, how they approach things. So right now, just so your listeners know, that uh, at the old Grow Calgary site is sitting there and there's nothing going on there. And this is what we said was going to happen. And we also talked to Ellis Dawn. Um, and Ellis Dawn, I went and asked. These and guys, just for those, Ellis Dawn is the uh, major construction company, uh, the, pri the prime contractor doing uh, a good chunk of the ring road work. That's right. That's right. They're they're going to be um, they're going to be building a lot of that. Um, good people. I mean, hardworking Albertans doing their thing with uh, traditional infrastructure. It is what it is. Um, and uh, you know, they're like, we're not going over there. We we're not using that. There was never any plan to use that space. And that's what we said. But they insisted, and the government lied, and the bureaucrats lied to the media and lied to the public and lied to citizens and said, oh yeah, we need that, we need that, we need that. And Brian Mason had to have that space. And, you know, Brian Mason called us, called me a squatter, even Jesus though I had Christ. a contract. I had a contract and here I am a squatter, you know, like, so it's, it, and, and I'm growing food and giving it away, which is, you know, pretty well in the NDP wheelhouse, you know, Tommy Douglas stuff. And here's Brian Mason addicted to his pursuit of his legacy that he was going to be the guy to finally complete the ring road in Calgary, Brian Mason, the old bus driver, you know, and, and calling you a squatter. There's um, uh, his name eludes me at the moment. I invited him on the show on Facebook, but uh, uh, he's suing the former minister of uh, national defense uh, or veterans affairs. Maybe uh, the, what the hell is his name? Uh, Can't hear no, 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 not the guy in the wheelchair. Um, the guy that had his own uh, talk show. He was um, he was a TV guy. Oh, Raymond. Yeah, shameless O'Regan, and uh, and uh, he's he's suing Shameless for twenty five grand for defamation. 
And, oh, really? Yeah. And it uh, sounds like you got a lawsuit for uh, uh, Brian Mason as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're, uh, I don't know, according to the public interest. We've been we're talking to public interest commissioner. We're talking to, there's um, a whole reprisal pro, uh, program that we have uh, in Alberta that people can pursue issues um, that where they think that there's been uh, misconduct. Um, and so, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking to everybody uh, about this. But we're also reaching out to government and going, okay, how, what kind of road can we get access to that water? Can we just move forward? Because at the end of the day, all this little petty stuff about, you know, all this, you know, playground crap, ego playground stuff that the government wants to drag us into. At the end of the day, that doesn't benefit the individuals and the families. 95% of the people who get our food are women and children, by the way, that are vulnerable and poor. That doesn't help them. So they're, they're sitting there going, can you guys get your shit together? And so we go back to the government and go, okay, uh, can we just get moving forward here? Because you got, I mean, you've obviously got your $160,000 a year job and you're sitting behind a desk and you've got all these resources. Well, we don't have that stuff, but we got to get back to the work that we're supposed to be doing. And really all so they, they got to do is get out of your way. And all they got to do is get out of the way, allow us access to the land get out of our way and let's get this contract signed. This, this lease that they have is just, you would not believe this document that they sent to us. Um, but anyway, we, oh, I would, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I'm a realtor. I've seen some pretty ridiculous contracts. Yeah. I'll have to show it to you someday, but um, just so your listeners know, um, they can always reach out to us if they have any ideas and suggestions. Uh, we're always available. Our, you know, um, we um, we're all ear as Van Gogh would say. <laughs> and um, we're willing to to listen and 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 and, and we'll accept any help um, or ideas. Okay. And um, we you know we're we're committed to moving forward on this project, Mark. And we're going to be growing food again uh, fairly soon. And we're going to continue to innovate and provide free field trip opportunities for children. We had eighteen thousand come up. This some of this stuff gets lost. And the baby gets thrown out in the bathwater here with the government because they don't value things like, you know, that you actually had 18,000 free field trips, you know, that we were able to introduce city kids to agriculture. We were able to have all kinds of different people come Paul, is, is, is there an angle uh, as far as um, heritage is a big thing? And mm-hmm. uh, a community garden is very much a preservation of our heritage. I mean, that's, that's how we got here as, as homesteaders. Is there an angle there, do you think, uh, through Her- uh, Alberta Heritage to preserve Grow Calgary as um, uh, not dissimilar to the Ukrainian center, um, uh, Ukrainian village uh, east of Edmonton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, pe- people of that ilk, um, support us uh, and, and see the value in that. But I wonder Anybody if there's a way to designate you, like get some sort of a classification, which would be legit to, in my mind, mm-hmm. but um, to, to, to call it this uh, a heritage site, like throw, 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 throw costumes on your volunteers or something and, and, and then, it's, then it's done. Hey, you know, we do just about anything to keep the <laughs> moving, right? So I wouldn't be above that. So I, I'd, I'd walk around as a Dukabor for sure. Right Maybe on. not a Sons of Freedom Dukabor, but I'd walk <laughs> around as a Dukabor. But, you know, um, so don't want to scare anybody. But, you know, so the, um, you know, this whole idea of, of assets, okay, what do we value in our society? Do we value agricultural skills? And do we value um, community farms and community gardens? And we're seeing that society... Uh, is, is valuing these, these issues and, and, and these assets. So, um, you know, the, the citizens should be driving this conversation, and I think that they are. We have in, incredible support from, from citizens and from the public, um, but we're running into some, um, some bureaucrats that are flexing and using their positions to impede our progress. Um, we're open to all those things, Mark. Uh, okay. As soon as I get off the phone, I'll make a call about that. Thank you for that idea. You bet. Uh, we're looking at all kinds of different angles. You have to in this day and age to survive. It's just, you know, it's just that we're not in this hyper-competitive environment. That's do you think so that the province, is, Paul, do you think the province is in breach of contract? 100%. Okay, oh, 100%. so this, I've, this I've, I've tagged in the comment stream here a guy by the name of Dave Hebert. Dave Hebert is probably the best corporate lawyer in the province. Um, So when it comes to breach of contract uh, between two legal entities, 
uh, he's he's the guy. He's out of Edmonton, but um, uh, I've got him tagged on here. Hold that against him. Yeah, we won't hold it. Hey, I'm from Edmonton, brother. Hey. Well, that's too bad. I guess I have to end this call. Uh, we're allowed to uh, uh, rib each other. We're, we're both Patricia brothers, so it's all good. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, Dave Hebert, I don't know if he's, uh, got room for any pro bono work. Cause of course that's the only way it could be. Uh, but, um, he's, he's tagged on here anyway. He's with Witten law group, a very significant, um, uh, law group up in Edmonton. So he's tagged on here. Feel free to give Witten a call and talk to Dave and, and see if there's anything there. Cause if, if you're feeling pretty confident, uh, or completely confident that the province is in breach of contract, the only th- you're only scared of one thing, or two things. One is bad press and uh, during an election, but we just had the election, so they don't give a shit. Uh, and the, the second is uh, lawyers. That's it. Mm-hmm. They're not scared mm-hmm. of anything yeah. else. That's that's been my uh, that's been my experience as well, Mark. Yeah, well 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 said. Hopefully, um, uh, common sense prevails here. Um, and uh, we've asked some of our friends in government that we know, um, a couple of people in particular, uh, to reach out and see if they can help to orchestrate something here so that we can get we can move on. And um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like we said before, the people who benefit from the work that we do um, right now are uh, not involved in the equation, um, and they're not being considered. And that is really quite sad in this day and age is that you know, you're trying to help create a better community and you've got bureaucrats that are preventing that from happening. So uh, we have to end that practice. And uh, if it starts with Grow Calgary, then so be it. Um, we're willing to be that uh, thin edge of the wedge. We're willing to break some trail. And uh, uh, what is it? First in the field? First in the so, field. Yeah. So First in last out. To, yeah, there you go. So that's that's just comes with the territory, I guess. Unfortunately, um, can you can you imagine if it's you know like I'm I'm plus fifty now and I've got a, quite a bit of uh, 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 experience with government. But can you imagine a young person getting going and you know having this dream to help people and wanting to build their community and do do some good, and then to run into these guys? Um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So, um, so, you know, it really saddens me that this is where we are, the state of affairs in 2019, that somebody would like to use unused assets, uh, land in this case, and to grow some food and give it away, yet they're being blocked. It just happens. It's to all be ego, Paul. It's all ego. Sorry? It's all ego. It's all about control. Yeah. It's yeah. all about control. It's all it is. There's, there's no logic, um, and there's certainly no compassion uh, with, with the decisions that are uh, they should be celebrating you as uh, a hero, really, for lack of a better word, and uh, grow Calgary as a as a provincial asset. Never mind just a huge Calgary asset. You know, uh, I mean, Mayor Nenshi should be uh, clapping his hands and and holding benefit concerts there. You know, they should be, hey, look at this. We're so proud of this. This is what we've supported and take credit for what you did. You know, that's what a good politician would do is take credit for other people's work. You know, they should be taking credit cre- no, for it. You won't mind, I'm sure. No, we've invited Nancy out for six years in a row to come and, you know, uh, plant some seeds symbolically to get us going and, you know, use some of his um, his leverage and uh, social media clout to help us out and no. Never, he's, he's not responded to six invites to come out. And, uh, you know, we tried to convince the other government to say, hey, you know, this transformation uh, proposal we have is about making Calgary and the region the number one urban agricultural center in the world. Does, um, does, the, location, the, does the location have to be in Calgary, Paul? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't We're, have to be in Calgary What else would work? I mean, that, uh, what else would work and how many acres do you need? Un, un, just unencumbered land that has some basic uh, access to water. I mean, that's pretty well what we need. Uh, we've got generators and things like that. Um, How many you know, acres we, uh, do you need, Paul? Oh, you know, I, 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 I kind of, uh, 10, 10 acres seems to be a real nice number. You can grow quite a bit on 10 acres for what we're doing. I mean, we, we want to expand. And this is what I was talking about. Is like It's taken us six years just to solidify that small amount of land that we had. We, we should have, we should be up around 600 acres now. 
We should be employing all kinds of people. We should have a farm management program. We should be the number one urban agricultural um, city in the world. We should be proud of it. And this is what you were saying. And as far as heroes are concerned, I've got 30,000 heroes. You know, I've got 30,000 people that should be white-hatted. These are the people who came out and, and asked for nothing in return and decided to put their labor into it. So we're, we're missing, we're really missing the mark here. There's a, an amazing opportunity. This ring. Paul, really if, if, there, if, if there is a chunk of um, uh, land, let's say, on the periphery of Okotoks, um, would that still be feasible as far as people having accessibility to the farm and to the food? Uh, if there, if there was um, a benefactor around here, uh, around the, the, the Okotoks um, uh, side of things, would that work logistically for you? Or does it have to be in Calgary proper? No, no, I don't think it does. I, I think that, you know, there, there's different parts of the program that would benefit from its location and proximity to large population centers. But that's not the only criteria. I mean, fertile, arable land is the criteria. We can make things work. Uh, so the government, this land, this transportation utility corridor land, just so you know, too, um, they're charging us $10 an acre per year. That, that, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, that's where they got it right. That part of it, they got it right. So for a hundred and, you know, for about 200 bucks a year, I can access 20 acres of land to grow food and give it away. So that, that's a, that's a major contribution. And I don't want to, I don't want to um, miss that and, and not acknowledge that part of it. Um, so that's great. Um, but you've got to get on the land to grow it. And this is where they come in and they, they, they made it, you know, they, they're enticing us with this very inexpensive land to do, to grow food compassionately but then they're making it really difficult for us to actually get on there. You know, so this $560,000 is really difficult. But as far as land in and around Calgary, um, we would look at any land and we would not dismiss any offer or suggestion uh, as far as that's concerned. We're never going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Ideally for programming and things like that, because we're much more than just a farm. We're actually um, an agricultural campus. So we're not old college, but we're, the next step down. So we do a lot of training on site. We have, like I said, 18,000 school children took buses to the farm from in and around Calgary. Is there a potential for a partnership there between old college or agricultural program at U of C if there is one? Is there a, a, there's urban farms, uh, a university run around Edmonton. Is there, Mm -hmm. is, is there room for a partnership there, Paul? Oh, I, I think I think there absolutely is. I mean, uh, there's, we need to start to take this a little more seriously than we have. Um, we're very underserved. Um, we have an aging farm population. I mean, you, you and I can go down this whole road called food policy and local food systems. This is just a very, very small portion of it, a sliver of what's actually going on. Um, but it's a very important part because it's that first snowflake that sort of, snowflake, first snowflake that actually starts the avalanche. <laughs> You know, I'm a snowflake now. But um, it's that first rock that starts the avalanche, right? And so if we really want to have this massive, robust food system that can tackle some of that 25 million food items a day, we're going to have to wrap our heads around issues that Grow Calgary are dealing with. So we are breaking ground. We are the ones that are breaking trail. We know that. Um, And it's been infrastructure with their massive land holdings that are impeding this. So it's those bureaucrats that do not have a vision outside of mowing grass that are actually holding back an incredible uh, opportunity to diversify our economy. So most of the food we grow in Alberta is not eaten by Albertans. It's exported. So we need to do more work on local food systems so we can take full advantage of that from an economic perspective. That's jobs and that's a whole bunch of spinoffs from that a mess land base, which we are, you know, between Calgary and Edmonton, the Netherlands would fit between Calgary and Edmonton. And they've got, what, 16 million people? I mean, and they're doing it. They're the best farmers in the world. They're the most productive farmers in the world. And here we are just like, you look at these large spaces and go, ah, just going to sit there. There is a different vision for this land than just it sitting there being mowed. So until we take advantage of that, until we solve some of these problems of bureaucrats that we're, and, and create a better understanding and awareness around the opportunities, we're just going to kind of like, you know, crawl through this and limp through this. And, we, and, and, and the time is, is ripe uh, for us to start to move in a more expedient manner. Paul, thanks for being on the show today, brother. 
Thank you very much, Mark, for the opportunity to speak to your listeners and talk about uh, Grow Calgary. 100%. For those that are listening, please share this. Hold a watch party on Facebook. Uh, this is going to be posted again on all of my podcast platforms, including YouTube. Um, it's going to be out in a hurry. So I'll have this done within the hour. And then I'm gone to Ireland tomorrow morning. See ya. All right, Paul, um, I'm going to follow up with you when I get back from uh, across the pond. And uh, let's do a follow-up show, all right? Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your travels. Enjoy Ireland. Have a, have a Guinness for me. All right. I am Mark Mankey, and this is the Mankey Show Podcast. Mm-hmm.